The following episode of Fofop is rated MA. It contains alternating hosts, a rotating roster of guests, and mild course language. Fofop advises that it is not suitable for anyone under the age of 15, or anyone who came here looking for one of those highbrow NPR-type podcasts. Minors must be accompanied by a parent or guardian. This is John Deeg speaking. Welcome to Fofop. I'm Will Anderson, and joining me in person. In person. It is a very long time since I've done one of these in person. Your microphone sounds so much better than mine, though, so I'm just going to turn you down slightly. Uh, <laughs> yeah, all right. Here we go. All right. Finally, it comes out. Justin Hamilton's here. It's a Hamofop. It's another Hamofop. It's good to have you back, mate. I um, It's good to do it in person. I haven't done a podcast in person for a very, very long time, but right. you're a safe Safe person to invite around to the house because you're in your I'm in my COVID po- immune zone. I'm in my post-COVID zone. I am licking shit. I'm just rubbing my nuts all over things. That's what you do, don't you? I mean, you're allowed to. I'm now. allowed to. I think that once you've had COVID, you get yeah. a little period of time where they just let you rub your nuts on things. Just wherever, as long as they're not anaphylactic. Oh, I mean, obviously don't rub them on like random kids at schools. Well, definitely. As, as a general rule. Yeah. But particularly because of anaphylaxis. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a lot of kids have peanut allergies these days. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You, no, That's no, the point you're making. No nuts it? around children is a pretty good rule. <laughs> Across just the board. in general. Just keep that as you, you go to. You were about to tell me about the new... Arcade Fire <laughs> album, uh, and then you were like, "I can tell you on the podcast." So, oh yeah, there's been a couple of albums. Yes, it's rare that an old man like me gets excited about the fact that there are new albums coming out. So, yes, I've had three in the uh, last week come out that I want to check out. So, Arcade Fire, yes, The Smile. Oh no, four. Yeah, okay. The Smile album just dropped uh, on Friday, I think it was. And uh, as far as Radiohead side gigs go, if you like Radiohead, it's heaps like Radiohead. Who would have thought with uh, Johnny and Tom <laughs> linking up? But it's kind of a bit, uh, in, in some places, it's a bit punky as well, which was great. Interesting. Okay. So, all right. So, four albums then. See so if you can name the four albums that oh, no, a I'm... middle-aged man like me might be interested in. Is there in a new Jay-Z album? Out. Okay. You're in the right zone. <laughs> okay. So... <laughs> And yes, in Australia, we call him Jay Z. Yeah. <laughs> I do that out of spite. <laughs> he can afford it. No, the Australian, the down under Jay Z show, Jay Z. Jay Z. Does all the songs exactly the same. He's got 99 problems and a Sheila ain't one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he is doing a, he's doing a doof doof tour, even as we speak. Um, so uh, it's, it's, a, it's a, it is a, a rap artist, it is a hip hop artist, mm. a bit younger. Than uh, the JZ, so uh, we're talking. So uh, <laughs> sorry, I he's probably the only uh, other rapper. I'll give you a clue. As soon as, I don't know why, but as soon as you said younger, I, I can't remember their mm. name. Oh, Crisscross. Crisscross. Well, only They're one. What, only one of Crisscross is still with us, unfortunately. Rest in peace oh, to no, either Chris it? or Cross. I'm not. You're not sure. I'm not sure oh, which no. of the two it is that is no longer with us. But no, it is not Chris or Cross. Right. Uh, did you watch the Super Bowl halftime show with Snoop oh, Dogg and Dr. Dre? Kendrick Lamar. Kendrick yes. Lamar yeah. has yeah. put out a new album. No, he hasn't put out a new album. He's put out a monolith of an album, hasn't uh, he? It's like about, it's it's like 
170 minutes or something crazy. Two sides, nine tracks each side. And yeah, it's, great. Look, I feel like what Kendrick has done is just gone what Radiohead did a bit after OK Computer. Oh, great, great. Where he's decided yeah. I was poised to become, if I wasn't already, the biggest hip-hop star in the world. I mean, he's got yeah. 14 Grammys or something already, Kendrick. So, yeah, like, I, his last I he album... The, I thought he was the standout in that. And I thought that Super Bowl halftime... I went to fast forward through it because that's what I do with the uh-huh. Super Bowl halftime show, and I thought oh, I didn't. I actually didn't know what it was, and so I was like, "Oh, actually, this looks quite interesting. I'll I'll see how long I last. Lasted till the end. It was fucking great. Yeah, I've <laughs> I've watched it about ten times. <laughs> it was so good. I mean, for me, yeah, for a person who likes the sort of music, I mean, like Dr. Dre, yeah. Snoop, yeah, Fifty Cent, Eminem, yeah, uh, Mary Blige, yeah. Um, uh, and of course Kendrick. So yeah. like that's and, your and a crazy Super Bowl as well. Crazy good Super Bowl in LA with LA winning and having that at halftime. It was like did not geez. see a moment oh. ago. <laughs> okay, so American forgot, football. Forgot that LA were in it. Forgot that they had won it. All I remember yeah, is right. that Kendrick yeah won that. Like I mean he is like, and everyone was good. It's I mean it was an amazing halftime show. Like considering. Yeah. What ended up happening? Because of course, yes, LA were there. It was that stadium is in the heart of essentially. I mean, it's like basically in Compton. Like it's yeah. not quite Compton, but like it's in that part of the world where that like ninety six billion dollar stadium where Dre is from. I mean, yeah. look, Compton. What a turnaround for a place, by the yeah. way. It used to be straight out of Compton. Yeah. Get out of Compton. Yeah, let's get never back to go Compton. back to Compton. Now yeah. it's just like <laughs> build a house at Compton. Everything's coming up Compton. Yeah. Like. Dr. Dre's the first rap billionaire, and then yeah. you have... That's why I've still got faith for Adelaide. We can do it. We can do this. Well, the Hilltop Hoods are going to do it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> when Adelaide have their first AFL grand final... Yeah, it's all right. Yeah, yeah. The Hilltop Hoods can come yeah. on, and they can, like, perform with a whole bunch of other, like, say, the Funk Whores and, yeah, like... And chunk, <laughs> and chunky Custard. <laughs> Bring out the clowns of decadence. Let's really make this uh, kick off. So um, Kendrick is also, of course, from Compton. Yeah. And he is, I mean, he's a genius as far as I'm concerned. Like he is the first person since like those guys who I really think has moved the art form so substantially. Yeah. He's taken what was great about it, but also managed to go, I'm going to do something completely new with it as well. And from what I've heard of the new album... Um, it really does feel like, like Dam was okay computer, yeah, and everybody, and then he's just like, well, okay, you like that? Well, I could make Dam too, Electric Boogaloo, but instead I'm going right. to make this like, you know, dense, like your know, masterpiece, which is like, is, is, there's a whole bunch of songs about like your know, trans rights and yeah, right. all sorts of like him right. going to therapy. I think three tracks talk oh, about yeah. therapy. Yeah, I, I did know about that. Yeah. <laughs> Mate, if you need to find some new material, you might as well invest in a, in a therapist. They'll find new things for you to talk about. I know. Ken, Kendrick's rapping like he needs to claim some sessions with this therapist. Yeah, it's yeah. like if I mention it in enough songs, I can write this off as a tax break. Yeah, yeah. They don't get the rebate that we get. Uh, so, <laughs> new Kendrick album is out. So, And I, for the very first time, I haven't been to a gig in a very long time, an indoor gig, like a concert. Like that has yeah. felt like something that is way too dangerous and weird and the stakes would need to be pretty high to get me out to a, a concert. Oh, and I just but, don't have the patience for people anymore. Like, it's not their fault. I've spent so much time alone. 
Like it, once upon a time, someone being a bit like, oh, I'm fucking excited to be here. You go, oh, yeah, yeah, so am I. But now if I heard that person, I'd be like, yeah, fucking shut up, man. Shut up. <laughs> we, 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 we all are. You're not special. Jesus. <laughs> so Kendrick's touring Australia in December. Right. And it happens to be, I think, the week after I finish all my work commitments for this year. So, oh, great, great. Yeah, yeah, that'll be awesome. Super exciting. Yeah. So... It's not on sale yet, but I've already put in a whole bunch of calls to people who, you know. Time to call in those favours. It was, yes. You bought a few lunches, (laughs) you bought a few dinners. It's it's all right. You don't need to justify it. Make those calls. Well, the great news is also that uh, Live Nation, who do a lot of comedy touring and, you know, these days, um, they're the the people behind the tour. So Live Nation or Live Nation? Yeah, Live Nation. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, yeah. it's their offshoot, Live yeah. Nation. They, they look after Jay Z as well. <laughs> okay, so Kendrick. Um That'll be great. And I'm also uh, gonna be fascinated, not to interrupt, but the reaction to this, because it's very interesting. Uh do you watch Atlanta? Uh I've watched some of it. I'm not like up to date or anything. Oh yeah. Although so, I, at some stage in my life, I'm I'm just going to sit down and try to watch it all because I know that like from what I've seen of it, that it would be one of those shows that if I really got into it, I would really. Get oh into yeah, it. I love it. Like I really love it, and uh, watched it on a whim. The first episode was up, and I was like, oh quite like Donald Glover. Check that out. Always liked him on Community. Then I watched the first episode and I was like, what the fuck? What did I just experience? And it was all these actors that are kicking on now, but at the time. So the first, I won't tell you anything about it other than a structure thing. Is that okay? Yep. Tell me. The first two seasons were fantastic. They've already, uh, they're doing two more and this season's come out and I think it is being unbelievable, but it has been fascinating because Four of the episodes have been standalone episodes, like it's an anthology TV series, like it's uh, like an African-American Twilight Zone in many ways, commenting on the broader themes of the show, but standalone and not featuring any of the characters that you have grown to love and you haven't seen for a couple of years because of COVID, etc. And I think it has been a work of genius and there are people who fucking hate it and they're kind of calling it out. You know how McAuliffe with the TV Week used to put these funny... Uh, descriptions, descriptions of the episode. They're doing if that. If people don't know this, like yeah. basically every week there would be a fake description yeah. of what was going to be on yeah. the show and it would often be that like as if it was... A drama or something. Yeah. So, you know, you're previously on McLeod's Daughters. They would have that sort of thing. But it wasn't always. It was could be quite random things. It could be Dada-esque poetry. It was yeah. always... I mean, the attention to detail to so do funny. that. Yeah. So funny. And and be out there for people to find by chance. You know, like you, it's not a... You're not directing anyone to it. And that's what makes it funnier. Well, they've been kind of trolling their audiences in some ways. Like this episode was in black and white. So the synopsis is like... Oh, yuck, black and white, obvious uh, Emmy bait, you know. <laughs> and so, But then hearing the reactions to that, anyway, it's, it's just I completely and utterly stand by any artist who follows their creative muse and goes in a direction that nobody's expecting. But on the flip side, that you take that gamble, I will fucking give that work a go. But if it doesn't work for me, I'm out. Hashtag. Last two albums of Arcade Fire. Right. So, I, particularly anyway, the last yeah. album of Arcade Fire. I, the like, one before, like... That was okay. Third of it's pretty good. Yeah. I And look, I fucking supported it. 
Elvis Costello on yeah, Rage particularly years ago. that first one. Yeah, like much like the um, one of my other favorite uh, old people, like bands that I consider to be new bands that are now not new bands at all. Blink One Day Two. <laughs> You're not far off, actually. Arctic Monkeys. Arctic Monkeys. Yeah. So Arctic Monkeys. Kids. Like I consider them to be like one of the modern bands that I'm into, despite the fact that they're they've been around band. for like 30 years now. So, but I remember seeing them a few years ago live and just going, "Oh, oh, I did." Like I always knew you were a good band, but now I see that you are like a super band. They made that horrible Torch song album after because they made that. Oh, after AM. They they made yeah, so is, is which, it M? Which one? <laughs> which one's the one that Josh Homme produced? So yeah, that it's had, the one after that. Yeah, so the Josh yeah. Homme one is one it's of the outrageous all-time great <laughs> rock and roll albums. Like it it's is such a perfect fusion of them and him. It like so many it, hit songs. He fucking unleashed. He again. absolutely. And when you see them live, like they actually have like that real rhythmic uh, kind of intensity that yeah. is really reminiscent of Queens of the Stone Age. Yeah. And then he did that Torch Songs album. Yeah. That just to me, I was like, hey man, I dig you. Absolutely. And I dig that you want to do yeah. like things that you want to do. Yeah. And I am here for it. Yeah. And I'll be here for it by never listening to this album again yeah. and going and getting a beer when you try to sing these songs when you do yeah. them live. Yeah, finally. Thanks for giving me a three breaks in your, in your concert <laughs> to go to the toilet, get yeah. a drink, have a chat. You know, uh, so uh, on Rage, Elvis Costello said, uh, you know, you, like you, you can be a fan of someone. It doesn't mean you have to like all of their work yeah. and that's completely fine. And I thought, man, I just never thought of it that way before and I was so relieved because I thought, great, I can stop listening to his country and western album trying to understand it. <laughs> right. Thank you, you freed me. But weirdly, every few years I'll go back and give it a crack just to see if there's something that clicks now. I used to think that about this podcast and maybe all of the podcasts. I, I almost would get mad at, like, so Willosophy is just a much more successful podcast than any of the other shows that I do. and Than us. I mean, who would have thought? What? <laughs> what the fuck? But the, and you tell me like this? <laughs> I used to take that really personally. I used to think that I was like, well, why won't people come and listen to the thing that I actually, because I think episodes of Fofop in particular where, like, I mean, Charlie and I are doing our thing. That's That's something very specific and... You can either be into that or not into that. But this, I've never really understood. Like, this is philosophy. This is a better philosophy because we really let the guard down. Right. We really tell you the truth when we're doing a faux fop. Like, because it isn't on Main Street, you get to really go, this is... So many things that we've said on this show... Yeah. We probably shouldn't even say out loud to each other, let alone record and then publish and put out into the world. Mate, this is giving me PTSD. I had uh, put all of those episodes out of my mind and now I'm remembering all of them. But, you know, if you're going to have a nervous breakdown, you might as well do it on air. So then when you listen back to it, I would say that I've kind of learnt stuff. Right. Such as I should stop doing those podcasts with you. <laughs> <laughs> but, it's, uh, but it is, um, yeah, it is interesting because... Uh, that, that's kind of what this uh, podcast is as well. It does actually have a specific feel. God, talk about uh, inside the actor's studio. 
strapping kids. But uh, but you know, with Dave Anthony and me, like there's a there's a, it's just a different vibe, isn't it? Right, and also each of those episodes have their own. Like I feel like Fofop is a universe. Like you're talking about the Atlanta universe. Yeah, and sometimes you're just focusing on different characters or like the Simpsons It's a little bit right. like the Simpsons. You get yep. to go, here's this village of, you know, I'm chief Wiggum. You are chief Wiggum. <laughs> but sometimes you just get a couple of good Wiggums in a row. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's good. It's, uh, but also you kind of need those different creative outlets as well. Like it drives me insane. If I get stuck doing the one kind of thing over and over again, it just, just kind of, blows me out emotionally you know i need to be tinkering with something over here and that that's like even like doing the big squid podcast i reckon that's kind of mildly the inside of my head of how we can be jumping all over the place with different topics and now that we're adding the short story aspect to it you know but it's like yep this is good i've got this little outlet here that i can do this stuff if people like it, it's cool if they if it's not for them that's fine as well you know yeah i think that's the truth of it right which yeah. is this doesn't need to be for everybody. And sometimes the thing that is good about it is that it isn't designed for everybody. Yeah. I um, often think about that when I think about my favorite artists. I'd be like, hey, Beck, or like, hey, Paul Kelly, or whoever. Like, I'm just trying to think of somebody who writes like a... Hey, Chris Cross. (laughs) Chris or Cross. Both. (laughs) (laughs) Um, What would be the album if you just weren't thinking about writing these songs to be released on an album. Yeah. So, like, just write me an album of the songs you want to write. I don't care if they're, like, got a commercial eye. You know, you're not going to try to find a single. You're not thinking about singing them live at a gig. Yeah. What are just eight songs that you would really like to write and sing? Like, I'm I'm interested in that. I'm interested in knowing what people want to explore yeah. when there's no agenda to like, I mean, cause it's a bit different to Kendrick to bring it back to that, which is he knows the world is going to have a look at this album. Right. He knows that there is going to be a huge amount of attention around him yeah, and what it is that he has to say. Yeah. And it feels like to me that he's said something. Yes. I don't know what it is that he said yet. I haven't had a chance to have a listen, but He's definitely said something. Yeah, which is the complete opposite of what we do. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'm doing my best to say nothing. God, it's hard sometimes. (laughs) Too much of the world leaking in, getting in there. saying nothing over and over. So Okay, so Kendrick Lamar. By the way, now I'm dying to know what your eight-song concert would be of every song that you can pick. I know you were using it as a metaphor. Oh, you mean of like just... It doesn't matter. Like you just, like, we'll just, for the sake of this, it's almost like you wrote that song. What are the eight songs? Of anyone. Anyone. You can pick from anyone. The Everly Brothers, Criss Cross, uh, you know. Anyone. The Seekers. From the Everly Brothers to Criss Cross. Yeah. <laughs> Literally. Anyone. Anyone. Okay, yep. that's amazing. All right. You so... threw that out there and I thought that's too tasty to let go. <sighs> um. All right. Because um, uh... they have to represent you. Yeah, All My Friends by LCD Sound System would definitely be one of the songs. It it may well be my favourite song of any song that's ever been written. So, don't know why. It's just one of those songs I find incredibly compelling. So, that's number one. I am going to say 
there would have to be a Radiohead song. I gotta be honest with you. I'd love to, like, I, if you ask me what my favorite Radiohead song is, like, it does change a little bit from, like, you know, concert to concert, from album to yeah, album. The trickster. I still, <laughs> when I am at a concert and people start singing along to Karma Police, like, oh, yeah. you know, just at the end when you have, like, you know, tens of thousands of people singing for a minute there, I lost myself. Like, yeah. my, perhaps my favorite lyric ever in any song. For a minute there, I lost myself. It just, to me, whatever it is about that lyric, it just, it came to me at a time in my life where I think for a minute I had lost myself. And so it just resonated with me. So Karma Police by Radiohead. Yeah, great. <sighs> Jeez, this is a hard game to play. Look, I only realised that when <laughs> after your first song, I was like, "Jeez, this is uh, tricky." So um, it turns out there's a lot of songs out there. Okay, so "Run the Jewels" there'd probably be a, like a "Run the Jewels" song. So yeah. I am gonna say, um, okay, uh, DJ Shadow and "Run the Jewels." Oh, Nobody yeah. speak. Yeah, one right. of the. Aut- I'm using it as my closing music for my show at the moment for yeah. logical so it opens with back in black and it closes with uh nobody speak by run the jewels and dj shadow and um i love that i finish my show and i say thank you very much good night and uh and then <laughs> this is a song comes on yeah that where the first line is picture this i'm a bag of dicks put me to your lips <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> just like oh <laughs> All right. You're a 48-year-old man. Some people have come out for a nice night of entertainment. You've just yelled at them for 70 minutes and now yeah. this. You know, the worst thing is is that they probably don't quite hear it either, but they just kind of go home feeling very disturbed. Uh, Arcade Fire would probably actually make the list. Yeah. So it's Wake Up. That's the big, oh, yeah. that, yeah. big sing-along of theirs, isn't it? Yeah. So... Um, seen that a few times in concert and I just it's one of those things where you're just like this is amazing yeah like just this everybody feels united as one in this moment okay how many have I done have I got four or five down oh, fuck there was five um I got a bit confused because you finished the concert and you still had four to go that's yep yeah. uh, so Stevie Nicks Edge of Seventeen. Yep. Just a fucking good song. Right, yep. Like, um, uh, and of course, we are sitting uh, out the back of my house where once uh, Stevie Nicks was in that kitchen. Yeah, crazy. Isn't that amazing? So Spreading definitely, definitely, definitely Stevie Nicks. So I could be backstage and yeah. I'd be like, you're not going to believe this, Stevie, but you weren't. <laughs> oh, yeah, because she's come to watch the show. Yeah, sure exactly. you do a song right. Um. So, uh, two more. Yeah, I am. I'm imagining Kennedy Center on his style. They're all, they're all there. Yeah. You know, you ever yeah. watch? Have you ever watched those Kennedy Center yeah. on his things? So it's like yeah. Aretha Franklin singing. Um, uh, RSPCT. Yeah. Or uh, and you have Carol King who wrote it or whatever who's yeah. in the audience. And, yeah. Right. And so they're doing it for that person. There's one of um, Heart singing Stairway to Heaven while the guys from uh, Led Zeppelin are watching on. And if you've never seen it, you would absolutely fucking love it. It's just seeing them 
like just go like there's a moment where they all just forget that they are being watched watching this performance and they are just so captivated by the performance it's incredible yeah right um so maybe i need one of the like yeah an old school great like you know from oh, oh you know what though <laughs> Um, the beastie voice. I'm going to say oh, yeah. the beastie voice. Yeah. So original lineup, you know, for the sake of this, like yeah. I'm getting, you know, the, the, I'm doing all the parts, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah of course. <laughs> Absolutely. It's your fantasy. Uh, what would I do by the beastie voice though? Like it's so many to choose from, like to, um, well, where, where is it in the, in the concert? I mean, you could almost start like with intergalactic or something yeah. like that. Like just really like, you know. I think that would work. All right. Yeah. How many left? <laughs> One no, no, more I reckon or two take. more? That's enough. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That'll, that'll do. Now you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'll try and do it quick. Yeah. I reckon I'd start off with me uh, in a nice kind of yellow uh, suit mm. uh, on an acoustic, doing an acoustic version of Flame Trees. And then we go straight into <laughs> the Prodigy's Firestarter. <laughs> mm. <laughs> if I can bring up the energy... That'd be pretty cool, right? right? So a little bit of a, oh, this is going to be a nice night. Oh, boom! We've gone, uh, we've gone big. Uh, then I reckon I'd give it a little bit of the Beatles. Everyone's got something to hide except for me and my monkey. Uh huh. And then I would go into T Rex's Children of the Revolution, just to slow it down a little bit, but still keep that kind of rocking thing going. Uh. Then um, I'd do Queens of the Stone Age. I sat by the ocean. Oh. Then I'd do David Bowie's Station to Station, which gives me, which goes for 10 minutes, which gives me enough time to go into a costume change, come back in. Uh, same suit, but it's kind of like black and white because <laughs> we're getting moody. Emmy <laughs> <laughs> <Any> bait. <laughs> Oh man. Uh then uh then what do we do? We do um now I've got a very particular song in mind. It is a little bit of the Walker Brothers, Sun Ain't Gonna Shine Anymore. Oh yeah. Okay, great. Then we go into <laughs> This is a fun game. Uh, uh and then the Sun Ain't Gonna Shine Anymore. Oh yeah, we do Marvin Gaye's uh, oh fuck! What do we do with Marvin Gaye? What's going on? That's what we do. We do Marvin Gaye. What's going on? <laughs> Come on, guys! And what's then, going on? Yeah, like this literally. Is, this is, firstly, what's going on? This is and secondly, this is what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> Here it comes, and then uh, the and then we finish with um, Donna Summer's "Love to Love You, Baby," mm-hmm. and uh, finish with <laughs> Pearl Jam's "Rearview Mirror." Oh, that's a good choice. You know what? I'm gonna. I, I'm just gonna do an encore because I'm gonna put another song in. Oh, great! Uh, Brian Jones Town Massacre. Yeah. Anemone. Do you know that song? Yep. Um, it was also apparently Anthony Bourdain's favorite song. Yeah. Um, in that documentary they made oh, about right. him, yeah. they revealed, and then they get like anyway. There's, but um, I love that song. I don't, yeah. That's 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 one of my all-time favorite songs. I'm doing an encore too. Then I'm gonna yeah. do Frente's Accidentally Killing <laughs> oh, Street. Oh yeah. Yeah. But you're going to do the accidentally got released. <laughs> got released. Yeah, uh, I'm going to do the DJ version. version. <laughs> I don't know. I'll drop those lyrics in two thirds uh, yeah. of the way through. Just oh, as people a little will nod. love it. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. 
then they'll get the humour of it. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, you pay homage <laughs> for like two yeah. thirds, and then at the third, you just drop in a little parody yeah. version. How much are you charging for this gig? Yeah, am I good? Yeah, of course. Yeah, it's your fantasy. <laughs> yeah, but like, even in my fantasy, I'm not sure that I would think I was amazing. Like, no, no, no. Lean into it. Okay, so in my mind, then. So originally, I think it took me a little while to get my head around the premise. Like, I didn't realize that I was playing all these songs, right? Yeah. So, I, it's an eclectic bunch of songs that I put together. Like, there's a right. bit of like you know, kind of rap and hip hop. There's a bit of so like I'm imagining that I've got some sort of one-man band style setup where, like, my performance is going to be going from, like, I'm on guitar at some stage and right. then I'm, like, going up behind a the, DJ deck yeah. and then I'm, like, programming something and yeah. I'm, like, you know... Like Radiohead. Yeah, but yeah. one-man Radiohead. <laughs> one-man Radiohead. <laughs> it's like one-man Breaking Bad. <laughs> he does all of the songs by Radiohead in one show. <laughs> yeah, one hour... And you do the entire career of Radiohead. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. You'd be exhausted. You would be, but for some people, they don't have three hours to go to a Radiohead gig. You yeah, know? you do it all in one hour. Yeah. Every song. Every song. Like, just imagine that if you just like, oh, just it's like people who listen to podcasts on like one and a half speed or twice speed, yeah. right? Yeah. So you're like, yeah, I want to get into Radiohead, but... Like, I, I don't have the time to listen to all the albums and, like, get the plot. So, yeah. what I need to go and see is a show called One Man Radiohead where you just sing bits of the songs in between, like, telling the story. So, he plays all the guys from Radiohead. Right. <laughs> like, I, I don't reckon there's any talking. I reckon you just go for an hour doing every part of every no, song. No, 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 because I need to learn about Radiohead as well. So, it's got to have that sort of element oh, okay. of, like... The boys met at blah, blah, blah. Because I want to go walk into the show. So there's going to be even less of the songs. (laughs) Yeah, totally. It's like about half story, half songs. Right. But all done by one person. Yeah. And then you do them for all sorts of bands. So like I could go and see, because I've always been fascinated by Metallica, but I just feel like I don't have the time or energy and I wouldn't like enough of Metallica to... But if I could go and see One Man Metallica, oh, that would well, be great. You just gave me the gist of Metallica and the cliff like, notes. Yeah, right. Karaoke cliff notes. Yeah, productions present. Because there's bands that yeah. I would like to be into, mm-hmm. but I just don't have the time. Yeah, you just make a choice. Yeah, I tried to get into Harry Styles. I bought his first album. I listened mm. to it a few times. I thought it was really good. Yeah, it's not for me. I'm 49. <laughs> but Harry Styles <laughs> but I think feels he's great. Feels like somebody who's crossed over to people who are. I don't oh, know. that is true. Like, no, I'm, but I, I think he has. It was, uh, it was just an acknowledgement of going, oh, yep, yeah, yep, like, totally get it, really enjoy it when I hear it. If it comes up on radio, yeah. there, go, that's a great song, but I don't go seeking it out. He's yeah, I mean, I don't think that Harry Styles was born when most of the bands that I think are new bands <laughs> were starting. Yeah, no, no, I know, know, I know, yeah. But, so, um, okay, so Arcade Fire, yes. Tick, that was one of the four <laughs> albums. Smile, we added that one in. Tick, yeah. that is one of the four albums. Kendrick Lamar. Kendrick Lamar, that is one of the four albums. This, The last one it might be the tricky, trickier one. Yeah. Another band kind of of the Arcade Fire era, maybe just a little after Arcade Fire, but similarly one of those bands that was like an alt music band who became like a mainstream band. Yeah. Uh I feel like I saw something from Wilco 
recently. Wilco, I don't think, ever became a mainstream band. Right. I think no, Wilco no had a couple of mainstream hits. Yeah. But I don't think they were ever a mainstream band. Mm. Good band, though, Wilco. Yeah, yeah. Uh, one of those bands that's always may never have the highs of some other bands, but their some fan of their, base is yeah. solid, you know? Well, that's there. like, I think Wilco are a thing that you're like, I'm into Wilco. Yeah. And you're like, if you're into Wilco, yeah. I yeah. think you'd be very rewarded by that. I think Wilco kind of fit like what we are talking about, which yeah. is they have found an audience and they make stuff that that audience would really enjoy. And for those exact same reasons is, whereas this band, I think are actually a little bit opposite, whereas they were like a really well-credentialed indie band yeah. who have found enough mainstream success that now people, I think, turn their nose up a little bit at them. But I am interested in hearing what their new album sounds like because okay. I still like them. I didn't really hear any of that because all I've been thinking about is if your name was Roger and you into Wilco, you'd be saying, Roger Wilco. Yeah, or just you'd want to meet them. Roger Wilco. Wilco. <laughs> Wilco, Roger. <laughs> nah, it works the other way. Better. Yeah, I should have called my company Wilco. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like the band? No, yeah. Wilco, not the band. <laughs> not the band. Don't get confused. Uh, uh, I don't know. Uh, you know, music is uh, the one that I've always found the hardest to kind of keep across. With. Okay, so I'll give you a, um, a cryptic clue. Okay. So... Is it the um, Red Hot Chili Peppers? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I've not been interested in anything they've done for... 20 years. Yeah. Um, uh, they, um, okay, so uh, my clue is white locks. White locks is my cryptic clue. White locks. As in locks of hair? As in locks that you might have, one might have on a door or, or a oh, white cabinet. Locks. White locks. Oh, I feel like this has become white stripes. Uh, look, okay. Look, I guess, I guess at least you're in the zone of how this did, clue did might the, work. Did yes. the lock have a stripe on it? <laughs> so, like, imagine if my clue for white was white. Well, <laughs> They're both clues. If that, It's two words. And both of the words I'm giving you are clues. So, like, the way that you went with white stripes, you were kind of at least vaguely in the zone of how you were guessing this game, right? So... <laughs> but you got it wrong. White locks. White locks. Yes. As in hair? <laughs> no, yes. Someone with white locks of hair. Beautiful, flowing white locks of hair. That is my clue. Oh, my God. That'd be heavy. Um, um, white locks. locks. God damn! You mm. know what? It just. What do you think of when you immediately think of the word white? Like if that Fabio. white would be, <laughs> if white would be a clue. Yeah. What would the immediate response? Like things are not blank and white. By the way, the word blank is I'm inserting in there as a blank, but is very close to the word that you were looking for. Oh right. Yeah. Blank. <laughs> it's the blank stripes. Oh, yeah, I know them. <laughs> They're white. <laughs> I do think of them when I think of white. <laughs> I mean, ironically, this band is, they are white. I will say that. Right. Yes. 
but the name of the band is not white. It Black is, Sabbath. Oh, okay, good. So you got half of it right. The Sabbath? No. They <laughs> <laughs> do not do gigs on Sundays. That is the <laughs> really one rule of the for band. A, for a tour. <laughs> so... Imagine if a Sabbath did a Black Sabbath night. So you have, yes, you have one of the words. Yeah. You can lock in... Black. Black. Okay, good. <laughs> now, the second clue was locks. locks. Keys. The black keys. Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah, I, I don't feel so bad about myself. Like, it may have been a journey, but, uh, but I, knew, yes. I knew it was a good uh, yes. suggestion. Um, uh, do you have in, any interest in the black keys? I, I once saw them at the Annandale Hotel in Sydney with yeah. about 150 people, and oh, it was... Great. Like, I was literally in the front row, and it was one of the best gigs that I've ever been to yeah. in my entire fucking life. <laughs> Not for the row of people behind you. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> Fuck, Fuck them. them. <laughs> you had your chance. <laughs> no, the good news about the Annandale was, like, because it is only a small room and that stage was yeah. quite high, if you were down the front, it was actually almost the best place for you to be as a tall person because oh, yeah, yeah. they... Yeah, played over you, mate. You don't need to justify yeah. it. I know you thought it through. I had yeah. actually because you know how paranoid <laughs> I, I am about getting in someone's way. So like, even I, when I said it, and you were like, you were in people's way, and I was like, I, I would not have been. I know instinctively you when you know you're like, no, oh. there, there must be something. What Man. was it? Think, think, think. God damn you! Yeah, the only time I've ever seen people happy to have a big man in an audience was at the big day out, and I went with our friend Brett Wheeler, who, uh, for people who may not know, is a good friend of six foot ten used to play basketball for teams in Australia and for Australia and uh, we were at the big day out and that uh, the Foo Fighters were on yes. <laughs> and uh, something happened where there was just this row and row and row falling back of everyone had just lost it and it was like this momentum of people and it hit me and I fell back and then I hit Wheeler's chest and the whole thing stopped and he just through rage started pushing people forward <laughs> And I reckon that's the only time people have been wrapped to have a six foot ten man in an audience. Uh, did you ever get into the Buck Keys? I quite like them, but once again, like have never really like never really gone out of my way to listen to them. But I've I've had moments where I've like you know on a rotation on Spotify or something they come up and you go oh, I'll go and listen you know you listen to the top five songs or something like that. They probably are like a little commercial now. I can understand why people think that, but. No. I'm hoping, my hope was that this new album would be, I, I have not listened to it. You haven't heard it? No, oh, right. I haven't heard it yet. So uh, at the time of us recording this, I am still full of hope that maybe the Black Keys have kind of returned a little bit more to what it was that I loved about the Black Keys. In fact, I've quite liked their commercial stuff as well. But Right. But, I, but you would like a little, yeah. little taste. Yeah. I think that's what you'll get with the smile. I think that album is a little bit of a taste of, uh, in some ways, uh, old Radiohead with, um, but with some kind of new techniques. Mm. I think that's kind of what makes it interesting. Uh, the Arcade Fire album, I thought, was <laughs> fantastic. Only goes for 40 minutes. And I just reckon that is a masterclass because when I listen to old vinyl and you get to the end and you're like, hang on a sec that, that's over in 40 minutes like what happened and it's like because they're so tight and they have such a rhythm to them uh, and this album is uh, you know if you're into Arcade Fire I think you're just going to be into it and if you're not into Arcade Fire there's so many fireisms that will <laughs> make you feel justified but I thought the album was great I've only listened to the whole thing through once yeah 
Um, I've heard the single a, like a, a few more times than that. But the, the, my first take on it was maybe that I was like, because I remember when I like the suburbs came out because I loved them, and then oh. the suburbs came out, and it felt to me like I was like, oh, this is amazing. They've done something really different, but also yeah, that I love as much as what they were doing previously. And then you know, after that, it's it's been a bit of a struggle, and almost to the point where I went and saw them live like last time they toured, and just didn't really love it. Like there was bits of it that I liked, but in a general sense, I was like, oh, maybe, yeah, the old maybe, songs. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe this is like done for me and I can fire. Yeah. And like <laughs> Wynn's never been somebody that I've found it easy to barrack for at the best of times, even right. when I really like them. Yeah. I just never really like warmed to him particularly. Yeah. And what is it? Don't know. Do not know. Feel like I might be right though. <laughs> From what I read and what I hear. Right. He's, I feel like... He, he's kind of like a... Yeah. Potentially, I'm not saying he is, I'm just going to put it out there. Is he maybe a positive arsehole? I mean, I feel like he is the sort of art school, art band wanker that he both parodies but also is. Right. Like, I think that when they've been so great at being grandiose, it is because... Well, you're going to have a... He is actually... You have grandiose. to have an ego. Yeah. To like go, I deserve to be grandiose. People need to hear my yeah. incredible mission statements about the world and music and that ambition probably, you know, like it's it's what's made his work compelling, but it's not. it does not make him necessarily compelling to me. So um, I... Yeah, you can just really enjoy. And then someone said, do you want to have dinner? You'd be like, ah, yeah, it's pretty good, mate. <laughs> <laughs> I love those three albums. Love the suburbs. Yeah. Suburban War speaks to me. Yeah, I feel like much I'm like our lunch we had with Joss Wheaton. <laughs> Halfway through the lunch, you'd be like, oh, this is ruined Buffy. <laughs> uh. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. Man. What so, a, what, um, yeah, so what, I was, yeah, I was just... My all-time, my oh, all-time yeah. like, ultimate nerd moment mm. when uh, talking to him about writing The Avengers and, us, and uh, you know, having... That being the comic that I'd first started collecting as a kid, and I was like, "Oh yeah, and you got Hawkeye. That's great." So Hawkeye is kind of like the Harrison Ford Han Solo of the show. And he's like, "No, no, no, that's Tony Stark." And as soon as he said that to me, I was so in tune with the character of Hawkeye. I went, "Oh, he's fucked. <laughs> like he's got nothing to do in this movie coming up." And I was right. I wish that Christopher Nolan could know. I mean, I'm sure he does because he has such like a loyal fan base, right? So he probably is very aware of like how important. And loyal his like fans are to you know the movies that he tries to make, but well, he's making a movie called Oppenheimer next, so I reckon he knows. But in <laughs> that moment, I wish he'd known how quickly that going into that lunch we had with Joss Whedon, I imagine we would have said if if somebody said who do you pick, Christopher Nolan or Joss Whedon, it would have been hard for us to know who to pick in that scenario. He'd be happy with both the choices, right? Like, because you didn't need to do the evaluation in your head. You were just yeah. like, isn't it great that we, like, get to enjoy both these people? Yeah. And then we brought up The Dark Knight and he's, oh, Batman Begins, wasn't it? Or was it The Dark Knight or was, uh, was it Batman nah, Begins? It was Batman Begins. I yeah, I reckon it was too. Yeah. And and he wasn't into it and he wasn't really into Christopher Nolan. And never have two men sided with Christopher Nolan quicker than we did in that moment where you were just like, who is this cunt? Oh, man. <laughs> Well, look, 
I, I just need to point out, I would have uh, voted Christopher Nolan if I got the, the choice at the time as well. I but understand, crack, but, but you wouldn't have... But like, no, I wasn't disappointed. Like, we were talking about two guys who... Uh, I guess what I mean is, one of them was directing the Avengers movie and one yeah. of them was directing, like, the biggest DC franchise movie, right? So yeah. they were equivalent in that... Mo- they were both doing things that we would enjoy, that we never imagined yeah. would happen, that yeah. there would be these massive... Like, we were living in a golden age. Yeah. And we didn't want to choose between them. Yeah. But then Joss made us choose between them. Yeah. Like <laughs> and I, we did not choose him. I, I did not. Did not at all. Turns out we took the right path, by the way. Like, it's like Back for to once. winner. <laughs> <laughs> I have to remember that moment when, after when I make a lot of bad choices. Uh, make that good choice now. Did you... Did you um, read that uh, interview that Joss did? Like, I don't know. Like, time means nothing anymore. But, like, yeah. so, I think it was in the last six months or so. And it was kind of oh, his sorry, big... I thought you were saying that was the magazine. Time no. means nothing anymore. I was like, <laughs> wow, a bit of editorial. <laughs> uh, no, so Joss Whedon did this. It was like a New York yeah, Times piece yeah. or something like that. Is that the one where he mentioned that Gal Gadot doesn't speak English very yeah. well? Yeah. That's crazy. <laughs> I mean, this was meant to be his big I'm back. Yeah. And it was real. And he went full Louis It was real no good. <laughs> yeah, I know. They even look a bit the same, which is gross. <laughs> but um, it was so ill-conceived. Like I was, I, I honestly believed it was going to be the whole, he's my side of the story. But he was so deluded into only believing his side of the story. And his narrative was so self-serving and mean-spirited about everybody else that he encountered. There was no real sense of, like he would occasionally mouth the right words around what he'd learnt, but the majority of what he said absolutely did not back up the fact that he had actually learnt anything. He felt like he had been very unfairly done by. Well, in his defence, he once wore a T-shirt that said, I'm a feminist. Yeah. Oh, sorry. This is no. what a feminist looks like. Yeah, like crazy. <laughs> I, I wasn't never... his T-shirt. That was the problem. Oh, right. Yeah. He borrowed it. <laughs> he'd stolen it from a young actress <laughs> yeah. that he'd made her take it off <laughs> to get apart. So. Oh, man, that's a power play. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, the uh, I just kind of never trust anyone who proclaims that there's something too much. Mm. Like, uh, you know, yeah, I'm a feminist. That's, that's how you say it. Do you know what I mean? Like, I... When people preach a bit too much, I get really wary of it. Yeah, it has a bit of the old Because if you are, you don't need to tell any, like you don't. Well, you, it was always the loudest voices against, I mean, this was the cliche back in the day, against yeah. homosexuality were this idea of like, you'd eventually find them like, you know, having sex with someone at the airport toilets or whatever. And by the way, like, I'm not here to shame people. Like, I think it's sad we live in a world where people like have to hate who they are. Like, I, I actually have a, a degree of, like, sympathy or empathy for somebody who is like, you know, imagine being that. Like, imagine being the person who rallies so much against the thing that you you are. Like, right. there's one thing to be something and maybe not be comfortable with it or proud of it or whatever it is. Like, even that's sad. But, like, but to have to, to, to hate it so much that you go the complete opposite direction, which is to demonize other people who are in the same situation as you. Like, it's... Are we still talking about airport sex? I can't remember. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, I reckon airport sex, uh, they should monetize that because there's been some uh, nervous flights that I would have, if, if someone was up for it, I would have gladly had some celebratory, we landed airport sex. I mean, I think this is because, you know, one of the big things about getting people back to flying is it's just 
there's not enough pilots for planes and stuff at the moment. So like, like flights are getting delayed constantly as they're trying to juggle to try to find like crews oh, for no, planes and all these Melbourne sort of things. Then. Yeah. So you have to really Boo. assume that it's going to take you heaps longer than it ordinarily did. So you okay. know what would take the edge off that? Some sort of in-airport dating app. Yeah. So as soon as you like go through the metal detectors, yeah, you can sign up to this version of like it's, it's a hookup hookup app. Yeah, right, right in the Virgin Air. <laughs> you know what? You do it in the international terminal. Yeah. So you're in like international waters. Like local yeah. rules don't yeah. apply. So yeah. there's just a little area that yeah. you can sort of go into it has a lot of bunk beds and stuff like that and you can just <laughs> and they go and camp like they're 13 my flight's <laughs> been delayed meet you at gate seven yeah like let's go to international waters yeah that'll get people back to the airport is what i'm saying We're definitely get them back to the yeah. international waters no one saw that coming uh yeah no it's not a bad idea and the and the the deal is that is that both sides know that the relationship lasts as long as uh Final call. <laughs> so once you hear final call, you go, oh, well, that, that's been great. Thank you. I mean, I think that you have to start finishing up when they're like, go to gate. Yeah. But also, like, this doesn't just have to be a sex thing. Like, you could just be hanging out, talking about something. I you mean, might just get along. But yeah, you, if, I mean, you, they, if you want to go for gold, like, yeah. you can also do that. Like, all options are on the table. Yeah, of course. Yeah. But... Might, might eat a snack together. You might eat a snack together. Yeah. But you might go to the international fuck zone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you can get snacks there as well. I'm not saying they're, they're not exclusive. <laughs> like, I'm just saying there's heaps of options there. If there were... I don't know if they should be having sex in bunk beds, though. I think... Well, not, <laughs> I guess not bunk beds. But <laughs> I was thinking more like what they would have for um, flight attendants or, or like... I imagine there's, at the airport, there is already pre-existing places where flight crews can grab a nap. Yeah, I hope so. I would imagine they exist already. So I'm just talking about... Building them. So quarters. Yeah, an expansion of that pre-existing idea. Yeah, sounds great. You can have the food court and the fuck court. Do you know what I mean? Yep, your fuck points. Like, you build up fuck points. Okay, this is better. You can spend your, like... (laughs) Frequent fucker miles. Yeah, frequent, yeah, frequent fucking miles. <laughs> no, but you could look. This could be because this is one of the problems for the airlines now is they have all these people that have all these stored frequent flyer miles from yeah, before I COVID. Know. Yeah, and now like essentially, if people start to cash those in, which they're going to, because mate, it is I don't know one of the genuine dilemmas that I have been wrestling with mm. for because I saved up a whole lot of yeah. mine and I had just planned to put uh, my rent, uh, rental place was about to come up. I was going, I'd found a place to put uh, everything in storage and uh, I'd found a B&B in South America for $1,000 for three months and was like, let's use these frequent flyer points before something happens that devalues them. And then <laughs> that was going to be in June of 2020. And so <laughs> that all stopped. And then, you know, going on holiday, you have to kind of like, if, with our line of work, you have to find the rhythm in your schedule to be able to actually have a holiday. It's, it's it's just the way it is. So if you're out of rhythm with that, there's nothing you can really do. So anyway, I've got a lot of frequent flyer points that I've been <laughs> saving up and I can't wait to... I was holding on to mine because I used to fly all the time. Yeah. But I don't even fly all the time anymore. Like, 
so much of what I used to fly for, meetings I used to fly for or travel for, I just do online now. So I can't even imagine a future again because I don't think I'm ever going to go on. Like, I just can't be away from home. Like, for so many different reasons, I can't go on those, like, you know, six-month fucking tours away from home that I used to do. And that was really what I had all those miles for. Like, you know, it was always to make sure that you get upgraded when you could get upgraded and you'd be able to go to all the lounges and all those sort of things. But if I'm not doing that, if you need the fuck to- do I need those miles for other than to, like, spend them all? Yeah. In the newly acquired fuck zone that we've right. set up, yeah. at the you know, you can uh, you can have your visa, uh, get your get your fuck points every time you get some petrol. <laughs> Do you take fuck points here? We don't. Uh, we'll have to go somewhere else. Yeah, I mean, at least to upgrade to a better bed or something like that. Yeah. So you wouldn't just like there'd be yeah, from few, the bunks. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> like minimum entry is bunks, but yeah, yeah. There's bunks. There's quarters. Yeah. If you want a little fuck room, you gotta yeah. spend a few. There's frequent a fake fucker boys. Yeah, there's a fa- there's a fake balcony <laughs> for people who really want to get it hot. <laughs> yeah. All the all the all the sensation of the fear and uh, none of the problems with your fucker points. Well, it's also the. <laughs> the sensation of the mile high club without the inconvenience of going into the toilets and fucking oh, yeah. up everybody else's flight, right? Yeah, yeah. So even maybe they could just have some toilets. Oh yeah, there's some toilets. Right, well. get it out of your system. Yeah, maybe it can be a little thing that comes. Uh, you know, make sure you don't have this in your overhead luggage, and uh, make sure you know you take off your cap and everything. And uh, look, if you just really want to. F- fucking the toilets why don't you just go over to our frequent fucker line and get that out of your system no harm done and then you can sit on the plane and not ruin it for everyone. oh i i guess there's probably a whole bunch of planes just sitting around at any moment right yeah like while they're refueling and oh yeah go in now go, go and get out the way get out the way <laughs> we won't tell anyone we'll even uh, take photos of you so then you can prove to people <laughs> that you're in the plane when you did it <laughs> There'd be a lot of influences into that. I think there would be. I think that that would be a trend yeah. for a while. Yeah. Until whatever terrible thing that went wrong went wrong. Yeah, until a Prime Minister sits down and he finds some splooge on his suit. <laughs> <laughs> this place is being closed down now. <laughs> uh, so, uh, as we're recording this, speaking of Prime Ministers... Um, uh, Australia will go to an election this, yep. this week, if yep. you're listening to this this week. Come on, Obama. I mean, <laughs> if he was running. <laughs> I voted for him. <laughs> I figure maybe if he gets one vote, he'll think, yeah, okay, all right. How many <laughs> votes do you think Obama would have to get like in Australia if people just wrote on their ballot box <laughs> down the bottom, but Obama? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. But, but above all this. <laughs> yeah, but. Obama. Please don't do this, by the way. It'll yeah. invalidate your uh, vote. Yeah, please don't do this. Don't do this. But <laughs> This is all shits and giggles. <laughs> if the AEC came out and they said, look, you know, we've decided to implement a new thing this election, which yeah. is that... A little box. So it's up the top. Yeah. Which is like none of the above. Yeah. So like you don't like any of the ones who are running. Yeah. You can vote none of the above. Yeah. But if you want to vote none of the above, you have to nominate. Yeah. Who should be the Prime Minister of Australia? And if that person randomly, because you can write anyone, but if somebody gets more votes than whatever party gets in the election. So yeah. like if if, for example, let's use just Obama, right? If enough people 
ran the no, we're going to get Obama campaign, and Obama got say like thirty five percent of the votes, and like like the Liberals got thirty four percent of the votes. Obama's now the Prime Minister of Australia. Yeah, great, totally. Oh, I'm totally into this. That <laughs> how do you, how do we get this in? I mean, it feels fair, right? Because I mean, you're not even like there's no like if you want to run, you want to have your name there. Because the best way to get elected is your name's already there and somebody ticks a box next to you, right? Yeah. This is got to be random chance. So someone could write their own name. We, we, we can do this as a movie. And mm. what we do is this law has just been implemented. It's the new election. And then some really nice guy called Trevor from the suburbs uh, gets filmed saving a cat from a burning tree. Yeah. And he gets in. Trevor. Trevor. That's the movie. It's called Trevor. <laughs> Trevor. <Yeah. laughs> it's such a Trevor name. It's perfect. I mean, here's the thing. I would prefer... And then it's about him trying to be... The this guy, minister. Trevor. Yeah. Over what we've currently got. Yeah, Trevor's great. <laughs> I mean, he sounds like he's helpful. He's he sounds helpful. like in an emergency, he's actually there to help. He doesn't say, that's not my job. No, he's clear-headed. So, he, he goes where the trouble is. I mean, this is what I like about Trevor. He's, an actual, right. he's a natural leader. Yeah. So, what I'm basically saying is... The person Justin just imagined yeah. is better than what we've already got. So yeah. do with what you want with that information, but come on. Like we've got challenges in this country, particularly around like climate and dealing with climate change. And one side of politics in particular has decided that that is not their business and they are going to do nothing meaningful about it. So if you genuinely care about the planet, I'm not telling you who to vote for. But I'm telling you who not to vote for. Don't vote yeah. for the people who don't give a fuck about the future of the planet. Yeah. Joel Edgerton as Trevor. Joel Edgerton as Trevor. That's all you need. Like, that's yeah. our pitch. Yeah. <laughs> we just go down to Stan. We go down to Blue Tongue Films. Is that what they're called? There? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So we go down to... We go, I know Nash a little bit. Yeah. Okay. So I know those... Yeah. Enough of those guys. Yeah. Enough. Right. So we, we call the meeting. Yeah. We say, hey, um, Nash. Well, we just give them this podcast. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> Fast no, forward no. through the first part. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you want to hear what songs Will would sing. <laughs> Other people, you, you, you surprise No, me. so we ring up uh, Blue Tongue Films. Yep. Na we say, hey, Nash. Yeah. Get Joel. Get uh, David Michaud. Is yes, he one of them? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and who else is in the Blue Tongues? Is... Um, is that great Australian actor who's in everything? Is he in Ben Mendelsohn? Not Ben Mendelsohn, but um, there was an episode of Barry this week called Mendelsohn. Oh, really? Yeah. Was Ben was... Mendelsohn in it? No, but he was mentioned, and it was <laughs> fucking funny. It was one of the funniest things. <laughs> the girls, the girls, doing a. She's promoting her new show, and she's doing all those interviews where people sit down, ask one question: "What was it like making a show like this?" And then immediately following it up with. And what do you wear on a Saturday? You know, those dumb questions and leaving. And she's so frazzled <laughs> that she gets asked this serious question. She answers and the guy cuts her off and says, who do you think should be the next Spider-Man? And she's like, uh, Ben Mendelsohn. <laughs> I mean, I would love to see Ben Mendelsohn's Spider-Man. Oh, absolutely. If they make another multiverse film. Yeah. And one of the Spider-Men is Ben Mendelsohn. He should be the slightly overweight Peter from the Spider-Man, uh, Spider-Verse. Ben uh, Spider-Mendelson. <laughs> yes. It's, it's a spin-off of Trevor. Joel Edgerton's Trevor. Joel Edgerton is Trevor. So yeah. that's what we pitch them. We say, boys, yeah. we want a meeting. And then we walk in and we go, Joel Edgerton. And he goes, what? And he goes, no, we're pitching. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, it's a big pause. Joel Edgerton is Trevor. Yeah. 
This is going to win a whole lot of awards at Cairns. <laughs> this is going to be a fucking scorcher. Yeah, and you mean Cairns in North Queensland, right? Yeah, yeah, of course. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> and Townsville. I reckon we'll do well in Townsville. Uh, Port Macquarie. Port Macquarie. <laughs> but, the, you know, and and it's basically this law's been implemented yep. and uh, he just happens to go viral the day before the election yep. and people just go, that guy should run Trevor. the country. Trevor. And they vote Trevor and then the movie's about Trevor trying to do his best. Now and it in turns this, out he has no real skills, but because he does do his best, shit is heaps better. In this scenario... That's the tagline, shit is heaps better. <laughs> Spoilers, shit is heaps better. Uh, in this scenario, so I assume this law also means that whoever we write has to do the job. Like they yeah. are compelled by law yeah. to do it. Trevor can't yeah. say no. No. Trevor has to be Prime Minister. Yeah, the people voted. Yeah, Obama has to be Prime Minister. Yeah, but this is Trevor. First, <laughs> movie ends with him getting that law taken out. <laughs> it's been a swell three years, but I'm standing down and this law's going. By the way, footage comes out that he was the guy who chucked the cat up the tree or whatever. Oh yeah, there's a scandal. <laughs> He was taking a piss by the tree when the cat was up there and was on fire and he didn't even notice. <laughs> Flame falls on his knob. Uh, have you voted? Seems like a personal question. Uh, yeah, no, I have. Because I've got a wedding on uh, oh. on the day. Okay. So, um, yeah, so I have done it. Out the way. It's great. It's really great. <laughs> no one's around. You go in. You're right, Obama. You're out. Yeah, I'm gonna vote this. I'm gonna vote. I'm gonna pre-poll. Yeah, uh, partly because I'm doing shows on the weekend. I'll be in Brisbane Thursday, Friday, and Saturday night doing the logical. <laughs> and sweet segue. Yeah, so I'll be on stage. <laughs> basically, I assume like they will have just called it. Or I mean, unless it's very close, um, we'll find out on Saturday night at that gig. So come along. Yeah, and that'll be interesting. And then uh, Sunday night, I am doing for the first time ever back to back. Uh, shows of my improvised show what you're talking about will so about fucking three hours on stage all up in a row yeah. improvising so that yeah. um might be political well look or maybe not maybe people won't want to talk who about the it. fuck knows right like incredible that i have like three hours of improvised fucking comedy the day after the election so yeah. whatever the result i assume There'll be shit to say. Yeah. So um, those shows are nearly sold out, but because uh, they were from two years ago yeah. and people bought tickets. But wow. A, remember to come. And B, um, yeah, there's a few tickets left. So Depending on the result, if you've never seen Will Cry oh. on stage, like this could be it. Definitely oh. the second show. I might, <laughs> I might have some thoughts. I reckon you might. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. I am just not feeling good about anything. Well, it's hard to feel good about anything. Anything. Like based on... The last couple of years, how the mm. fuck could you be optimistic that things will go well? Mm. I yeah. mean, the most likely result is things will get more fucked. Oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, man. Like, we, <laughs> like, the good times are done. Like, we oh, have, uh, you know. It's, it's like that be... American thing where, like, Biden um, is better than Trump, of course, yeah. right? But half a million people have died in America since Biden's been president of COVID. Yeah. yeah. So it's not like he's kind of. Fix COVID. Like half a million people is a lot of people to, yeah, to terrifying. die. Like, and that's kind of just normalised now. Australia at the moment is like the second or third biggest country in the world for COVID cases. Yeah, yeah. And uh, which yet was to re- live here 
Like I was down the shops just like two hours ago and I think I was the only person I saw who was wearing a mask. I was wearing a mask on public transport. I was on a ferry. Mm. Yeah, right? <laughs> like I know I know we're on a ferry, but like we're all sitting in here. <laughs> I mean, I just find it incredible that we've... So how could you expect the best result? Of course you can't. Yeah. Of course it'll probably go terribly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I'm definitely talking myself into that. I'll um, yeah. God, I hope not. Like, if it does, then what the fuck are we gonna do, mate? Like, honestly. Well, it's gonna ruin the wedding, especially when I get drunk and start a fight. I mean, (laughs) I mean, either way, I imagine there's got to be some people at the wedding who want the current government to remain the current government. So, like, regardless, it's gonna spoil the wedding a bit. But I would think, even if you, even if you are that person, like, if you're a committed, rusted on. Like, there's been times where, like, I barrack for the Bulldogs, but there's been times where I've liked the team more or less. You know, like, oh, you're like, yeah, yeah. oh, yeah, our players are kind of dickheads at the moment. Yeah. Like, it's not fun barracking for this team versus, yeah. like, times when you're like, I could not be more proud of, like, you know, what this club is and what they stand for and whatever. Yeah. Like, even if you're the most rusted on, like, political stand, like, if you are a supporter of the current government, like, if you're like, I, li- I like to tell people that I'm a liberal, you know what I mean? Like, these are my values and this is how I see the world. Then you've you've got to be embarrassed about how that's being represented at the moment, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. It's, um, it's, it, it's funny. It's like I'm kind of more engaged with politics than I ever have been. And I also uh, have a part of me that is um, uh, completely blank to it as well. <laughs> so it's like I'm kind of across everything. And I just try my best not to really let it sink in. So I kind of keep it stored intellectually and emotionally. I can kind of, yeah, okay, well, I'll just keep doing stuff. Yeah. I mean, well, I guess that's all you can do. Yeah. (sighs) (laughs) I mean, I don't know, man. Like, the world is... This movie, Trevor's going to be a fucking hit. We've got to pitch this. We, we've got to pitch this. I mean, what else are we going to do with the last remaining years? We're going to make Trevor. Make, make some satire that, the, that will inspire who, this so, audiences to feel really good about shit. Who else is in this film? Like, I mean, don't get me wrong. We've bought it at Joel Edgerton is Trevor. But like, now that we've sold it, like we have to cast some more of it. So who are going to be the other main characters in this, in this movie, Trevor? I reckon Kate Blanchett has uh, to be in it yeah, as a high good. up, like in a position of power. She needs to be someone who is pretty sceptical of this whole thing and is openly hostile. By the way, I uh, watched a movie that had Kate Blanchett in it last night. Nightmare uh, Alley? Nightmare Alley. Have yeah. you seen Nightmare Alley? No, I haven't. I saw The Shape of Water and uh, anyone who's listened to the Big Squid podcast knows that's the... One of our continual <laughs> whipping boys, that fish fucking movie. So, I, I ha- but I've heard this is quite good. I didn't mind the fish fucking movie. Like I, I like all his stuff. Here's what I, I like him. I forgot, and just because I'm not paying attention to movies and stuff, I'm so busy. I've got other things on my mind, and um, so we sat down and watched Nightmare Alley last night, and neither of us remembered that it was a Guillermo del Toro. Movie. Right. So we were just watching it, sort of going, like, you know, just watching it. Yeah. And 
was compelled by it like the whole way through like it's a like it's really compelling and like it was great to not know it was him right because i was like what is who is this filmmaker what are they doing yeah and then when i found out it was him i was like oh yeah of course this all right. makes sense right. like <laughs> yeah and so i actually think that there was part of like it was good that i didn't know it was his movie like yeah. does that make sense like yeah I was just able to put that aside and just be caught up and swept up in the choices that were being made. And one of the, the this is not a spoiler in any way, is that Kate Blanchett is in it, but she doesn't come into it until a fair way into the movie. Ah, oh, and now you tell me. It's one of those things. Once she comes into it, she's yeah. a really major part of the movie. Yeah, but uh, it is one of those things where we honestly, uh, after a while, were like, is Kate, is Kate Blanchett going to be in this? Like, right, right. Did they make a mistake yeah. in the opening credits? Like, yeah. <laughs> because Tony Collette's also in it and she wasn't in the, like, you know, when on the, like the Foxtel or whatever, it comes up and yeah. it shows you like who's the cast. And so it said Kate Blanchett, but it didn't say Tony Collette. Oh, and so Tony, it was like Kate Blanchett, Bradley Cooper. Yeah. Um, uh, old mate from... Um, Alan Alder. Sons of Anarchy. Um, oh yeah, Charlie Huffman. No, not Charlie Huffman. Um, oh, uh, damn. What's his name? Like um, Ron Perlman. Ron Perlman. Yeah. Ron Perlman's in it. Uh, Willem Dafoe is in it. So. Yeah. Right. Willem Dafoe. Yeah. What a legend. Yeah. So he's great. Like I mean, yeah. they're all great. It's yeah. actually it's real. It's I mean it's beautifully designed, and I'm not even really into that stuff normally, and it's all carnies and yeah, you know, it's fun. Oh my god, the dog. It's just opened the door. Wow. Didn't come in. That's pretty impressive. Wow. Probably going to piss on the floor now. <laughs> yep, great. Anyway, I, I really enjoyed it. Like yep. I, I, but Kate Blanchett is amazing as always. As you, you yeah, know, of she's course. fantastic. She's fantastic. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like I actually, yeah, I yeah, I've heard a lot of good stuff about it. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm up for checking that kind of stuff out, uh, especially after um, I saw Doctor Strange and I oh, thought it was yeah. a. Dog's breakfast. Now, you messaged me to say you've got to listen to the podcast. I've been so busy, I haven't had a chance yet. But I knew, because you said basically for someone who loves everything, you've got to listen to this podcast. Yeah. And I was, I knew that it was around when you'd seen Doctor Strange. So I was like, I'm guessing that Justin didn't love Doctor Strange. Oh, my God. Like, the worst thing, I just thought it was so boring. Yeah. It, and that, that, to me, is the biggest crime. Like, I prefer to sit in the cinema and see a movie like Southland Tales, which is a misfire. Uh, but he, he, all you see uh, scene after scene is like a big swing and it's a miss, but it's another big swing. And, it's a, and I'd rather watch that than something that's just so flat, you know. It's just, it, it, it was like... It was like reading a checklist of things rather than a, yeah. than a story. I got that impression. And, and i got to be honest with you, I think that... Uh, that character, I just don't have a lot of interest in. Magic Tony Stark. Yeah, gross. But, like Tony Stark's already gross enough. Like, do you mean? Yeah. But like to then have magic powers as well. Yeah. And then of course everything they did in that Spider-Man film kind of also just was so off-brand for that character and what they had established with the rules of that character that, like, 
Uh, anyway, I don't care. I'm, I've got no interest in. in I haven't seeing finished. It. In Moon fact, Knight. I'm not sure that I will see it. I've not be seen. Fine. I haven't seen WandaVision, so I believe that you meant oh, to see that anyway. Like you know, like a, a clever storytelling is uh, being able to watch things independently and then watch them, uh, and then watch mm. the other one and go, "Oh shit! I just picked up on blah blah blah. I never knew that before. That's exciting." Yeah, but it shouldn't be homework. No. And it sure it also <laughs> that people were laughing that. Uh, it, it, they, yeah, they, uh, the creators didn't watch WandaVision. They just kind of watched bits and pieces and knew how it ended. And it's like, well, the, you, you don't know how it ended because, like, it, it, it was really good. It had a had a through line, had growth of the character, and then you've just kind of taken her back to square one. It's just there, there were just more interest. There yeah. were so many ideas, and none of them were done well. There was a point where they, uh, where t- two characters uh, are pushing through different multiverses, and you see, you know, you see a glimpse of a world where dinosaurs are still up, blah blah blah. But there's one universe where they're made of paint, and for the two seconds that you see it, you go, "Wow, that's visually amazing." They don't do anything with it; they just mm. kind of flow through that, and the world that they land in and spend most of their time in. It's the multiverse. They can do anything. Mm-hmm. And what they do is, when it's red, you walk. When it's green, you stop. And pizza comes as a ball. Okay, I'm done. I don't need to see this movie. Oh. This sounds like the worst movie I've ever heard. Boo. I mean, I assume that's meant to be kind of a joke, but sure, don't do that. <laughs> you know like what a, what a disaster i just i was just so bored and uh, uh it's sad because like I'm, I'm a sad sam raimi fan but i know that it was like only half raimi really wasn't it like he, yeah but um yeah anyway i heard there's a bruce campbell cameo that's yep. what i did here yep you have to sit through the whole I movie don't. to get all of it i'm just gonna watch it online well, out of context yeah no you'll be fine <laughs> I can reenact it. Well, some of it. Uh, Big Squid is the name of your podcast. You can find that in the, all the places you find good podcasts. Yep. Um, anything else you want to plug? Uh, no. Uh, you know, uh, we're Ben and I are doing the next oh, yeah. episode in our Space Podacy, which is on the Big Squid feed, and we're uh, putting up a two-parter about Planet of the Apes. So that was fun to go back to. And uh, I think our next David Lynch episode will be up soon, which is uh, we're, we're doing a deep dive on all of his films. So the next one is right. Lost Highway. Uh, and I, yes, I, as mentioned, I am in Brisbane this weekend and then uh, there might be some oh. other dates to come. Uh, but uh, Gruen, uh, Gruen Nation, two election specials, both on ABC iView. Uh, actually, by the time, if you hear this when it first comes out, uh, Wednesday night, 8 o'clock ABC, yeah. but otherwise ABC iView if you want to catch Gruen Nation. I just remembered I'll be in Adelaide, June 3rd uh, at the Rhino. Oh, Rhino. nice. Yeah, I'm doing Unreal. stand-up. Go and see Justin doing stand-up comedy. Yeah. I heard you you did some stand-up comedy and you enjoyed it. I was furious. <laughs> I was furious. I had a really good time and it was really nice and to be And it went back. really well. Yeah. I heard. And I was so fucking angry. You were like, I was out. Uh, I was out and I just go and do these gigs as a fucking favour and had a great yeah. time. And yeah, it did like, really well. Yeah. And people were really nice yeah. to me and I was like, fuck, that's quite uh, like, nice. Yeah. Never been angrier. <laughs> uh, thanks for this, mate. 